podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, 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 and welcome. How's everyone doing? Hope you're all doing well and having a nice spring. I have got to say, I have just loved getting outside, getting out in the garden. Uh, We've been having unprecedented weather here in Portland, which to be honest, makes me a little bit nervous because of wildfires in the summer. But right now I'm just trying to enjoy all the sunshine and letting it just soak and fill me up. But yeah, so we actually were living in this house in Portland and it was built in like 1890s or something like that. And there's been a lot added to it over the years. It's not like an 1890s house at all. It's an old house, like the foundations, the bones of it are really old, but it has been renovated and added on to, and it's kind of like a hodgepodge of different families that have lived here over the times. And when we first moved in, the previous owners had the most beautiful flower garden out in the front. And it was one of the things that like attracted me when we were out there looking, like seeing this on the picture. And I've always loved flowers. I mean, we also do like other sorts of gardening, like veggies and that sort of thing. But I've tried to kind of just like as a side hobby, get into planting flowers with not too much success, but enough success that I've been able to like cut some flowers sometimes and put them in my house. And before the girls were born, and even when they were little, I did this a lot, like especially during the springtime and over the summer, like I would go and I would go outside and I just clip anything. Like I didn't, like I said, I wasn't that successful at planting and growing flowers, but there'd be a couple and I would cut a lot of greenery. And I just had so much fun just like grabbing random things from the garden, things that you wouldn't normally see in a bouquet and just making bouquets out of them and making them stand out and putting these small little bouquets all over the house. And I haven't really done that the last couple years as much, partly because I don't really know our garden here and haven't found as much of that connection that I did to my old garden from me having planted it and just enjoying it and being out there. And so the last couple of weeks, I was like, you know what? I really want to be out there again. I really loved that connection with my garden, with my yard and like bringing in things from the garden and from the yard that I had grown and that I love just to like smell and see. It just brought me so much joy. So anyway, I've been out in the garden like every single night and on the weekend, just really taking care of this now really overgrown 
garden because it's been a lot of work. And the girls have both gotten out there and they've been so helpful. And it's just been the best. Like we've just been chatting and weeding and finding little critters and treasures. And then over Mother's Day, I went to the nursery and I picked out some flowers that really lit me up, that spoke to me. And I could picture my house and in a face and in the garden. And it really got me thinking about the garden of the mind. This is a metaphor that I learned from one of my teachers, Rick Hansen, and I have used it over the years. And I just love it so much because it's so relevant as you embark on any journey of really paying attention and bringing awareness to your mind and then learning how to shift it, right? Learning what's in there. And especially when we're talking about pleasure and sex, the garden of the mind is such a helpful metaphor in really helping thinking about what we're doing when I'm talking about working on our mindset. Of course, we're working on that mind-body connection too, but also just really getting in there, working on that mindset, working on the tendency of our brain, how we're approaching our brain so that we can become a more pleasured woman. So I wanted to take the time for this episode because I'm so garden inspired (laughs) for you to think about this and really help you use this metaphor to really dive into how you're approaching the way that you're thinking about sex. So think of your garden like a mind, okay? So just like all gardens, they need tending to, right? They need to be weeded, they need to be revamped, they need to have new things planted and old things recycled like if they don't fit in anymore. And just like we grow and evolve, we really need to take the time to take stock of what's even in our minds and do we want it there? Okay, what are the thoughts that we are believing? And are those thoughts the ones that we would still choose today? Like if you were going to go to the nursery and pick out new flowers, would you still pick these flowers? And maybe it's time for a total overhaul, or it could just be like, oh, it just needs a little weeding, right? We also pay attention to what it is we are working on growing, like the new thoughts, the new beliefs, and what isn't growing so well. Like maybe you have this new belief that mind-blowing sex is totally possible for you, but it needs some more nurturing. It needs some more water. It needs some more TLC. So just as like gardens in our homes, the gardens in our minds need attention. We have to take the time to take a look at the things that our mind is feasting on and take out those thoughts that aren't making the kind of life that you want, that are creating the woman that you're being out in the world. Whether it is a little, just maybe I need to pull some weeds. Like maybe there's some creepers that came in here, some thoughts that are like, you know what? I should probably get ready for a bikini body that are totally blocking you from pleasure. But you also might need a complete overhaul, an overhaul from some of those thoughts and those beliefs that were planted from you from a really young age about sex, about your body. And we just got to completely overhaul all of that shit. We got to uproot it and take it out. So just like a garden, your mind is going to keep growing. 
Okay. <laughs> Just like mine. Like we really didn't pay attention to it last year and during COVID. And it became overgrown so quickly, like vines everywhere and growing onto the house and into the gutters, right? Weeds, plants out of control. And this is what your mind's going to do by default, things that are going to just completely grow like crazy tend to be more of the negative. And again, you know me on this podcast, I use negative and positive lightly. It's more just a reference, not saying that these things are bad. They just tend to create more of uncomfortable feelings in your garden or excuse me, in your body, the garden, the body, you get what I'm saying. So our mind has this natural negativity bias. It's always going to go to worry. It's always going to go to doubt. It's always going to go to fear and the things that aren't working. Like that is what the brain will always do on default. Why? Because having our brain go to those places really kept us safe. It, our brain has evolved to keep us safe. If it just paid attention to the positive things like, ooh, these flowers smell so nice and there's a poisonous snake in your garden, then you're not going to be well protected, okay? So the brain is always going to tend towards the negative. You're not a negative Nancy or a Debbie Downer or anything like this. You just have a human brain. But we can change this. We can use that very active part of our brain to pay attention, and we don't have to always go to the negativity bias because the fact of the matter is, is... Yes, it has been helpful in having us evolve, but in today's modern world, it is actually more helpful for us to be able to focus on the positive, to really nurture and focus on the qualities and the traits that we're trying to grow, right? Because that's going to allow you to show up more powerfully, not be ridden with anxiety, because the threats that we're facing nowadays aren't as life-threatening in the moment as they were when our brains evolved the negativity bias, okay? So, I got a little off track there. I can't help it when it comes to neuroscience. You guys know me. Anyway, so let's get back to like the weeds, right? These invasive species that are taking over. This is what's going to happen in your brain, just like in your garden. If you're not paying attention, the weeds are going to go out of control. If you're not paying attention, some plants that maybe you planted one little thing is just going to spread like wildfire. Invasive species are going to go crazy. Shit's going to grow. That is what is important to remember. And if you're not taking a look at your mind, if you're ignoring the garden of your mind, then you aren't creating what you might want. You are leaving it up to default. You are leaving it up to chance and you're leaving it up to the evolution of your brain, which is always going to tend more towards the negative. You're not actually having a garden of your mind that's going to light you up and make you feel pleasured and alive and choose things and have you showing up and behaving in the world the way that you desire. I really want you to understand this concept. It's super, super important because we think that there are thoughts just kind of that <laughs> that they're stay and they're just will stay the same, but it isn't true. 
right? They aren't going to just get planted and then stay the same. They can exponentially grow and they can get larger. So the ones that are the most practiced are going to get larger. If you want to leave it up to default, which is all about fear and anxiety and nothing is working out, (laughs) then you have to pay attention to this because by default, those will become the more practiced ones and those are going to get larger and they're going to take over your mind. And we want to, again, tend to the garden of their minds so that it is, we can be more like inviting and conducive to the things that you do want, like pleasure and happiness and satisfaction. So just like my garden at this new house, right, there's this lot of things growing in there. And some of the things that have been growing in my garden weren't even planted on purpose, right? Like the weeds were not planted by the previous owner, nor were they planted by me on purpose. They're more of just a result of living where we live, of the birds, of the animals, of the wind, right? All of these things that brought the weeds in, just kind of the working of the world that has the weeds getting planted and growing over. And I like to think of this just like our beliefs that have been planted from culture and society that you've been immersed in. The ever-changing standard of beauty that we inherit every time we pick up a magazine or turn on the TV or get on social media, right? And we see this representation of what society has deemed beautiful. This is like kind of like the weeds of the garden, just because of where we are, the um, climate that we're in, the environment that we're in, all these seeds are planted. And it's going to automatically create this storyline in your head of what beauty is, of what sexy is supposed to look like. So we consume these images, we consume these stories from, you know, just around us, from people, from again, magazines, Disney movies, modern day rom-coms that portray this view of courtship and partnership and duty and obligation and people-pleasing. So it's not like you're getting directly taught these things, just like weeds are directly planted in your garden, right? Your parent didn't say, you know, hey, Susie, this is really how it looks. This is how your relationship should look. This is how sex should look. This is how you should look beautiful. But your mind has been molded simply by living where you live, being exposed to other people's ideations of sex and relationships. So that will all be in the garden of the mind. They are just like the seeds of the dandelions that my girls love blowing on the flowers that just go crazy and then they go all over and maybe they fly into my neighbor's yard. It's not on purpose these seeds are getting planted, but they're getting planted nonetheless. And these are the ones that tend to be very invasive, that tend to just grow out of control, intentionally planted or not. They are a result of the environment that you live in. Now, we also have some older plants, right? And maybe these had an intention when they were first planted. <laughs> like the intent was maybe things to keep you safe, like Thoughts like sex is wrong 
or we have to wait till marriage, or it's something that's really going to help your marriage and it keeps your husband happy. And maybe at one time, these kind of thoughts, these kind of beliefs had a purpose. It helped you be part of a community or it helped you be part of a belief system. Those who taught these beliefs were you, likely they were handed down to them and they weren't trying to hurt you. There probably wasn't a lot of thought as they were saying these or giving to these to you to create harm. And it more came from a place of love and wanting to protect you, wanting to keep you safe and out of harm's way. Maybe something that they, again, had just learned and they were passing down and this is the only thing they knew and it was the only thing they really knew what to tell you, how to explain things in order to keep you safe. And I like to think of these type of thoughts, these type of thoughts that are maybe those older plants, right, that are maybe these older beliefs that have been passed down time and time again, not with a lot of just pausing and purposeful intention, but definitely from a place of like, oh, this is what we say, and I say this is because this is what I learned, and I think this is what you should know about this. And I think this is what is going to keep you safe, right? That sex should definitely be held off for marriage, that it's wrong, that it's dirty, that it's a sacred bond between you and your husband, that it is something for your husband. It's something that is part of a happy marriage, whether or not you really want it. It's really about making sure that your partner is taken care of. And these plants, I like to think of these as like a cherry tree, like... (laughs) oh, let's plant this because it seems like a really good idea. But when you're planting that cherry tree, and what I have found with planting trees, because I've been here before, is that we don't always consider what that is going to mean long term. Like I really want to enjoy all of the beautiful blossoms every year, that I know, but I'm not really thinking about like 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, the impact that planting that tree might have on the overall makeup of my house and my property. Because over time, this tree can take over right? It doesn't maybe have very many blossoms anymore. And it shouldn't have been planted so close to the house because now its roots are breaking the foundation and all the gnarled branches are shading the entire garden that you're trying to really cultivate and grow. And really, this tree probably should be taken out for a variety of reasons. Again, it's actually harming the foundation of your home. It's creating a huge mess. It's rupturing the structure of your roof. It's causing all sorts of problems like rodents that now have access to your house. And if this might seem like a long shot, this is actually what's going on with one of our trees that was conducive to roof rats and squirrels burrowing into our house, roots going into our sewer line, not really any blossoms to write home to, but a lot of gnarled branches that then proceed to fall off and (laughs) take out power lines, okay? Anyway, it's a problem. 
right? And you can see that it's a problem, but what we don't really consider is that it's an even an option to remove this to begin with. Just like it's even an option to remove the beliefs that have been planted a long time ago and they have just always been there. And again, you didn't really give it much thought until you started noticing the impact that this older plant that has been planted years ago is causing now. Seeing how it's causing all sorts of harm now, how it's really holding you back from what you're trying to create in your relationships with yourself and in your intimate relationships with your partner, how it's actually creating more anxiety now. Like you don't even actually feel attached to it, right? You don't really feel even attached to this belief anymore. You know that it was something from your past, but like, how do you even get rid of it? Yeah, maybe I'm not attached to it. Just like this cherry tree, like I'm not even really attached to it, but like what? This seems like really hard to get rid of. And so this is what I want you to think about when we're thinking about some of these older, more ancient, passed down beliefs. There just wasn't a lot of intention or purpose when these beliefs were planted, at least from the people you were getting it from, right? I think we could get into the whole system and the patriarchal system and why these things were planted and why, especially for women, we've been passed down these beliefs about our sex. Like we could get into all of the theory behind that. But for the sake of time and also for this metaphor, what I really want you to think about is when we're planting some bigger thoughts like this, when we're thinking about the way that we're talking to sex, about sex to our children, and when we're talking even to it about ourselves, what is the impact of those type of beliefs long-term? And right now, you might be noticing that you have a really big cherry tree in there, something like that was planted in your mind that sex is dirty, or it was for your partner, or it was to keep a husband that just are causing a lot more damage than you're even aware of and aren't serving you at all. And now it's time to figure out how to overhaul that big tree. Okay, and then we also have in our garden, we've got plants that started out really small. Like maybe the gardener or the person tending to the garden was like, oh, I just want to spice a bit of color over here. Or you know what? This border looks kind of boring. I'm going to plant something over there. And this teeny little plant went crazy. (laughs) It just took over like a total life of its own. It dug its roots deep down under all the other ones and it just flourished and it spread and it took over everything. Now, every single time you go to your garden, it's there. Like that damn lamb's ear is everywhere. (laughs) That's what I'm dealing with right now. And I want you to think of these plants, these ones that might have just been like one or two small little things on the border that are taking over. These are like the side comments or the conversations that you had back with your girlfriends in middle school, or perhaps something that some person you are hooking up with like randomly said to you while you were being intimate and it just stuck. 
it just got planted right then and there, even though it wasn't even this big thing. It was a side comment. And it wasn't really said with a lot of intent. It was just kind of this haphazardly, you know, thing that was said, but it stuck with you. And over time, it grew and grew and it became a thing. Now it has become a total obstacle to your pleasure because it's taking over everything. I want you to think of these as comments like, you know, things that you maybe you heard your girlfriend say or the guys at your school say, like, you're such a tease if you don't put out, or if you do, then you're a slut. Maybe you heard somewhere that vaginas are smelly or gross or like, ugh, like, don't you want to do something about your pubic hair? Yuck. Or you take a really long time to orgasm. I've never had somebody take so long. Now, these comments, like I said, these comments have created a whole story that keeps you saying yes when you really actually want to say no, that keeps you quiet and not asking for what you want because you might be considered slutty. Even if you're a grown ass woman who's been in a relationship for a decade, these are the kind of plants that can be planted when you're really young and they just have become invasive and they never have been looked at again and they are keeping you from saying what you want to say. Maybe these are the kind of comments that make you afraid of receiving oral pleasure because how could anyone actually have fun and enjoy doing that because vaginas are so smelly and gross. <laughs> okay. Maybe these are the kind of comments that you like have got you now rushing through the actions that you're not actually giving yourself time because you're so afraid that you take too long. So your go-to is a couple of kisses and then you grab the vibrator and you just go to town because it's the only way and heaven forbid you give yourself a chance to warm up. The guilt and the worry that you feel when you're not prioritizing sex because you might be left all alone. If your partner, even your partner of a lot of years, thinks that you're being just a tease, maybe he's going to get hungry and go elsewhere. So these comments, these comments have turned into thoughts and now they're beliefs in your brain. And these beliefs, just like a plant that has gone totally out of control in your garden, are holding you back from what you're really trying to create. They're holding you back from feeling like sex is fully yours and your ability to truly enjoy it. So with all of these examples that I've brought up so far, these are all the plants or the weeds or the trees that are taking over your garden and blocking you from what you're really wanting to create. Now, some of these might not be inherently bad. And I think that's really important to note here, right? Just like my plants, like a cherry tree isn't inherently bad. Lamb's ear isn't inherently bad. Black eye Susans, <laughs> which are also taking over my garden, or my rhododendrons aren't inherently bad or wrong. Just like the thoughts or the beliefs that you have been planted, maybe that has been passed down or comments that weren't really thought of but didn't have an intent to hurt you that were said aren't inherently bad or wrong, right? But they eventually want to be pulled out because it's not what you want. 
just like these, all these plants aren't wrong, but it's not what I want. It's not the kind of garden that I want. These plants aren't supporting the experience that I'm trying to create for me, for my family living here in this home. Just like for you, maybe a thought like sex is only penis and vagina was planted. And for various reasons, that feels very restricting to you now. And you don't want it to be the main focus. You don't want to think that you always have to have penetrative sex because you started kissing your partner, then removing that thought now is going to help you create more space for your own pleasure and for the type of experience you're wanting. So we want to take a look at these, what we're current believing and cultivating and watering and fostering in our garden. And is it getting closer to the type of experience that you you as an individual, you as a woman are truly wanting, or are these just like hand-me-down plants that you had no say in to begin with? And now on further investigation, you realize they don't really belong in your garden. They're not really what you're trying to create. Then as we're starting to weed these out, as you're bringing awareness, like as you can start to see like, you know what, now I'm getting a better picture. Now as I'm weeding all of these old things out that I know for a fact I don't want, that I know for a fact are holding me back from creating the type of experience, the type of garden that I really want, we want to fill that garden with some yummy flowers, some yummy, beautiful, luscious greens and make, you know, and making that type of experience. But before we're even doing that, we got to check out the soil, okay? (laughs) We have to make sure that the soil that we're planting these flowers and greenery into have a chance to grow. And I like to think of the soil is how we're treating ourselves. This is our self-compassion practice. This is our self-care. These are our nourishing routines. It's the foundation that allows you to cultivate and grow new beliefs and grow new ideas so that they actually have a chance. The soil is having your own back. So as you're learning and trying out new beliefs and they don't stick, right away and you don't make that mean anything. You just know you're going to keep watering it and making sure it gets all the nutrients it needs to thrive, right? And then we get to pick and choose those thoughts that we believe we're planting in our soil. So the plants are also going to feed the soil and vice versa. It's this reciprocal relationship between the earth and the plants. Both are feeding one another. And what you choose to plant is based on what you're hoping to have. It isn't a one-size-fits-all. You might not really like ranunculus. You might really not like peonies, right? You're more of a rose person. You're more of a hosta person and hydrangea person, right? It doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all. We don't have to all have the same beliefs and the thoughts. There might be some trial and error, just like in a garden. Like you might think you really want those rose bushes, but then as you're trying to put it together, you're like, actually, this isn't really the experience that I'm going for. I really want it to feel more calm and easeful and zen-like so the roses don't fit in. You want more bamboo and you want more grasses, and that's just more of your speed. And over time, giving yourself permission, knowing that what you want is going to grow and evolve. 
But it is important to start thinking about before you just start grabbing new beliefs and new thoughts, before you just run to the nursery and just grab whatever is there, is to think about like, what is it you're really trying to create here? Do you want more desire? Do you want more passion? Do you want like more adventure, right? These could be very different things. Do you want more patience and understanding with yourself or with your partner? One of my clients that recently came into Better Sex in 90 Days, she was just feeling a lot of you know, being really held back from communication. She was feeling kind of frustrated and blocked in her own pleasure because some of the health things that her partner was going into. So of course she wanted more pleasure, but her intention wasn't to have all this crazy, adventurous, wild sex. It was to learn how to have more open communication, to learn how to not feel resentful towards her partner and like her partner was holding back from her pleasure, but that pleasure was possible for her and she needed to be able to speak up. She wanted to find that boldness in her voice, but with compassion for what he was going through so that she could communicate that. The thoughts and the beliefs that she needed to adopt and plant into her garden is going to be very different than the client of mine who's single and dating and looking for more of that like just like juiciness, right? That um, type of pleasure and self-pleasure. She really wanted to find this relationship that lit her up and passion and self-pleasure, like it was this give and receive between her and herself as she was going out and dating so that she wasn't looking for that outside of her, that it just got to be this embellishment and this extension of what she'd already created within her. What she was working on planting was going to create a very different experience than this other woman. So we're not looking for the thoughts and beliefs that are exactly the same as each other or exactly the same as me, So you want to take some time of like, what do I actually want to create here? When you have an idea of what you're wanting and where you're headed, then it's so much easier seeing the thoughts and the beliefs that are going to support that. So if I know I want to move towards more celebration of my body, I want to practice thoughts of adoration. I want to thank my body every day of what it can do. Spend time thinking to myself and my body after it does experience pleasure and just be an odd appreciation for it lighting me up. If I know I want to help with more desire, then I intentionally want to plant thoughts that make me feel more eager and more motivated to get it on. Thoughts that help turn me on and get sex back on my mind. So the takeaway here is for you to really think about the garden of your mind when it comes to your pleasure and your sexuality. There is a whole bunch of shit that was dumped in there that you had no say on whatsoever. A whole bunch of plants and weeds and trees, whether they were planted on purpose or just historically they've been planted and passed down without much foresight in the long-term effects, they are there. So tending to your mind like you tend to a garden, weeding out those things that don't serve you or taking over, all those thoughts, all those beliefs that hold you back and have you not loving your sexual garden, your experience have got to go. 
And it's going to need tending to over time. There's maintenance. There's other thoughts that are going to creep in. And you will continue to work on planting new amazing plants at the same time. These plants that are going to fill you up with such joy and connection that brighten you up, not just the garden, but your house and your spirit. This is what becoming a pleasured woman is like. When you tend to the garden, of course, it's out there in the garden, but it the impact is going to travel with you way beyond the confines of the greenery. This is exactly what I help my clients do in Better Sex in 90 Days. We spend time taking stock of the garden of the minds. We weed out what needs to get out in a step-by-step process. We make that soil so fertile and dark and juicy and lush. So then when we do decide what exactly it is and what type of experience you're working on identifying, then you have this nice fertile ground to go and get to planting. So I invite you, if you're ready to really tend to the garden of your mind, join us. Join us in Better Sex in 90 Days. Enrollment is open, and I invite you to see that your mind is going to grow (laughs) unless, like whether or not you're paying attention to it, right? It's going to keep growing. So you must pause and decide what you want to go into it and what you want to take out of it what you want to experience your sex life like, that was hard to say, what you want to experience, what you want the experience of your sex life to be and how pleasurable you want it to be. Start now. Dive in right now. Take a look at the garden of your mind. That turned on woman, she's ready to come out. Okay, as always, it's been my absolute pleasure to be with you here this week. I hope you enjoy this metaphor of tending to the garden of your mind and really thinking about the way that we have been infiltrated and planted all these different plants, how we can weed them out, how we can overhaul them, and how you can begin to create a more delicious, juicy garden to create the sex life of your dreams. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk with you next week. Bye.